All right, welcome in Evan Lazar, Patriots post game show. Uh, people starting to click in as we as we uh, as we get started here. But I mean, ridiculous. I don't even know. This might be the shortest post game show we're gonna do. <laughs> there's nothing to complain about you talk about you know oh, come on you're better than that you can find something to complain okay about. fine i will <laughs> but anyway i mean you you sit here you listen to bill belichick press conferences time and again and he talks about all three phases evan okay right. all three phases of the game i this is the most complete game that uh, certainly of the season but in recent memory in terms of all three phases and again offensively the statistics aren't going to be that shiny but the Patriots imposed their will on offense so the stats you can almost throw them out the window the special teams was obviously an off the chart story of the game uh, and the defense was ridiculous and again a lot's going to be made out of the coaching mismatch here we talked about it going in might maybe the most lopsided coaching uh, matchup of the entire season of the entire NFL state here uh, and it was evident early on two teams that were playing yeah, I mean, that that's a really great way of putting it is that Bill Belichick and the Patriots coaching staff just took Anthony Lynn behind the woodshed and showed him how it was done for four quarters, right. not just in the kicking game. You know, that was obviously a big part of what they were able to do, but just what they were able to do defensively, they basically forced the Chargers to play left-handed, knowing that they weren't going to be able to throw the ball effectively to guys like Keenan Allen or Hunter Henry or Mike Williams. And they said, you know, beat us with your other guys. And there was no adjustment. There was no kind of what else can we do offensively without Keenan Allen, without everything funneling through him. So the Patriots were able to take him away. They were also able to feast on the Chargers offensive line, which is clearly the weakness of this team. And I don't know. I'm not out there at practice. I'm not out there at training camp over there in LA, but these were basic stunt pickups that the Patriots were doing with their defensive line. You know, Adam Butler just getting up the field, getting penetration, and then Chase Winovich and uh, Josh Uche kind of wrapping around that penetration up the middle of the defense or up the middle of the offensive line, I should say, to get after Herbert. And they just couldn't pass him off all game long. Even at the end of the game, Adam Butler had that sack on fourth down where the left tackle and the left guard just looked completely lost as to what they were supposed to do to pass off a simple tackle end stunt. This is not zero blitzes. This is not a bunch of exotic stuff that the Patriots were throwing at the Chargers. This was day one install type stuff for New England, and they were just so much better at executing their stuff defensively than the Chargers offensive line was at blocking it that it looked like the Patriots were throwing something you know brand new at Los Angeles that they had never seen before, which is uh, kind of tells you about the coaching mismatch in this game as much as anything as, as you said nothing exotic at all uh yeah. here and it was just again no adjustments at any point in time and as, as the game continued to wear on uh it was just kept getting further and further away from them obviously a huge part of that was the special teams which again this is a ridiculous sort of outcome everybody yeah. out there in the fantasy universe that started the patriots dst hats off to you you had yourself quite a quite a week and probably a that probably won you your week some of right. us left new england d on their bench we'll we'll reconcile that later okay but this was unbelievable um just in terms of you know what happened uh obviously the punt return with gunner and again just a very simple you know 
and Gunner ripped it there, and that was terrific. Um, but that that block field goal at the end of the at the end of the half there was obviously just a backbreaker uh, as far as the game went. Uh, Patriots overloaded one side of the line there, came hard, came clean, uh, easy block, scooped up by McCordy, runs it in, and that was game set match right there. But in addition to that, you talk about the mismatches. I mean, you have the just to give more plaudits here, more 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 praise. The Justin Bethel scoop on that uh, punt that Bailey pinned yeah. inside the one, just effortlessly, just grabs it, tosses it. I mean, it was a near perfect. They, the the special teams pitched a perfect game, but holy wow, with the Chargers, not only did they give up the gunner TD, another long gunner run, had that field goal blocked, but then had ten guys on punt returns twice. Uh, Basically, throughout the entire game, they had ten guys. It felt they like couldn't. Like- figure it out i mean and they've yeah. already they've lost a specialty they already sacked one one coach this year i i can't imagine what morning's going to look like in los angeles uh after after this game i mean this is going to be a, a this could be a bloodbath of the entire coaching staff cuz this is as unprepared as an entire unit not just one unit but an entire team could possibly look that's the way I felt about it too. Is that the Patriots came out and I thought their opening script by Josh McDaniels was awesome. as creative as you can get in the running game as possible, right? You got Wildcat, you got speed option, An option. You, got read, yep. you know, you got a bunch of different things that you're throwing at the Chargers. So that I could understand. The, the Chargers defense was caught a little bit off guard, especially by the Wildcat stuff. But at the end of the day, Wildcat is essentially the same thing as a designed quarterback run. It's just the ball going directly to the ball carrier instead of the quarterback handing it off. So they should have prepared all week for the design QB runs. And I think Cam just flexing himself out wide on those wild catches confused the heck out of the Chargers defense, even though it was really ultimately the same thing as Cam just himself running the ball up the middle in that situation. So it really wasn't that much different than what the Chargers should have been uh, you know, kind of preparing for all week long. The things on the special teams too that I just thought was such a, a, an indictment on the Chargers coaching and the Patriots kind of knew, I think, going into this game that they were going to have such a mismatch in the coaching that they really had to take advantage of it. And what they did on that first gunner punt return is they put everybody inside like they're going to rush it, but then instead of rushing the punt to try to block it, they end up bailing out and kind of going into like a, a blocking scheme to block for gunner on the return. Right. And the Chargers had to walk their gunners in to handle all the blocking. The Patriots don't end up coming. So then there's no gunners on the outside charging downfield to – tackle gunner you know no pun intended so that was exactly what happened on that play then on the field goal block before the half they just overloaded one side and they just didn't block down so they were and one guy came in unblocked yeah, they gave up the inside guy, Cody Davis. The, uh, the guy that's supposed to go unblocked is Justin Bethel off the left side. If you can't get the line, the field goal off before the guy turning the corner there, it gets in there, then that's on the operation. That's on the snapper. That's on the holder. Right. That's on the kicker. The blocking scheme is just supposed to make sure you block inside out. So letting Cody Davis through there, that that's inexcusable. You just can't let the inside guy through. And they kind of two-on-one the wing there, but it looked like the guy next to the wing is really kind of like a tackle. I mean, I don't know what you want to really call him. You put him there, maybe Matt Chatham can tell me what exactly the terminology is for each spot in the field goal protection unit. But he looked like he kind of cheated in when he was supposed to kind of fan out and they were supposed to pick up Cody Davis that way. But either way, you you can't let Cody Davis get inside there. You live with a Justin Bethel block there. If he gets screams off the edge and is able to get in there, then that's not really on the protection unit. So these were just little things that 
they just were able to do to kind of just spin the dial on the Chargers. And they just didn't seem ready to react to any of these, oh, uh, they look like they're coming after this punt. You know, how do we kind of block that up? And then, oh, now they're bailing out of it. Well, then how do we go cover it, right? They just had nobody in any way, shape, or form on the same page or understanding what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah, and so this is, again, where we come back to, I get, it's – it's hard to look, you're not looking for moral victories or any sort of victories or you know, learning about who you are at this point. The wins matter if you want to make it to the playoffs. It is difficult, however, to figure out how much stock to place in this game because right. it was such an atrocious performance by the Chargers that, uh, I mean, now you're looking at back-to-back games where the de- you got to feel pretty good about the defense. And again, That's where I would go with it, honestly. If this is a thing that corrects itself, this right. is – this is a table running situation here in the, the what stinks is, and we'll get into this a little later. It still might not matter here because the teams in front of you, no one did anybody any favors. The jets yeah. didn't do the Patriots any favors today, giving away that game to LA Houston fumbles late and Indy wins. You've still got two game separation against most teams. So it's still Patriots are really chasing, trying to get into the playoffs here, even with this win. And even if they run the table, it's not a certainty that 10 and six gets you in, but, I think the defense here, again, is something that we can look at and say, um, this looks like it's trending in the right direction for a lot of reasons. You're getting dominant play from the inside with guys like Guy and Butler. You're seeing the athleticism of Winovich and Uche. We've been talking about this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Let the kids play. Get them out there. Create some speed. You need more playmakers. And the defensive backfield is, again, just when you do have a little bit of pressure and a little something happening up front, you see how good they are when they're not forced to cover for five, six, seven seconds. And I think you saw all of that today. That's where I'm going to sort of hang my hat on because, look, ultimately the Patriots threw – Cam Newton threw for 69 yards in this game, right? And it was very clear that this offense is still in a lot of ways limited by their passing game, right? And that's going to be something that's definitely going to come up in the future that if these teams, these defenses – and this isn't, you know, crap on a really good performance and a really great win, but at the end of the day, the Chargers allowed them to run the ball in certain situations, certainly on that opening drive – which was a great script by McDaniels. And if you can continue to script it up that way, where you are throwing runs at the defense that they might not have prepared for during the week, or maybe now teams are going to see the wildcat package and see some of the option runs that they ran in that opening drive and over-prepare for that stuff. So you go back to your normal under center eye formation type of stuff next week, and you can kind of mix and match that way, right? But I think what you can take away mostly from this is the Patriots defense is really starting to come together, especially that defensive line, because we always knew that Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson and Devin McCourty and all these guys were going to be able to cover it up in the secondary. But as long as that pass rush was able to get home, that was going to be sort of the calling card of this defense or sort of the the question with this defense moving forward was were they going to be able to scheme it up enough and get enough kind of execution from those guys up front now that you have that marriage between the pass rush and the coverage which Bill Belichick talks about all the time it's not just getting after the quarterback they had a couple times early on in the game where they were a little bit undisciplined in their rush lanes and Justin Herbert was able to get out of the pocket and make throws from outside the pocket but as the game sort of wore on, they had that ability to keep him in the pocket and pressure him with four and then play really good coverage on the back end. And they held one of the best passing offenses in the league, as I wrote a lot this week, the seventh-ranked passing offense by DVOA coming into this game to 3.9 yards per attempt on Sunday. That is a 
terrific game plan and then execution of the game plan on game day. Last week, same thing. Great execution of the game plan against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. So what you're seeing is that the coaches are scheming it up. They're coming up with good plans. And the defensive players are able to go out there and execute the plan and practice it well Wednesday through Friday and have it carry over into game execution. That's something that the team can really hang their hats on. We knew they could run the ball offensively. We knew that the special teams could be better, and it certainly has been over the last couple of weeks. But this maturation of the defense taking that very that next step to, you know, okay, they're pretty good or early on in the season they were awful, quite frankly, to now being a really strong unit that can actually control the football game, regardless of how limited your passing game is. If you can play defense like that, now you're not going to shut everybody out. But if you can hold people to 17, 20 points a game, you can play offense like this. You know, you can win games running the football and really having that be the strong point of your of your team offensively. If you get into games where your their defense is giving up points, then you have to rely on Cam's arm a little bit more. So that's sort of that complementary football thing that we've been talking about. Special teams and defense contributing to make the life easier on the offense and allow them to pl- to do what they are good at offensively, which is run the football. And again, when you when you when you have the defense play like this, you can get away with exactly what they got away with today. And and again, just an unbelievable. If you're to look through, just pour through some of the stats of this game. Yeah. I mean, the leading receiver uh-huh. for the Patriots, Gunnar Olszewski, with one reception for 38 yards. Leading receiver, the 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 most receptions for anyone today, James White with three for a total of one yard. Okay, the second leading receiver on the team, Sony Michelle, one reception, twenty three yards. It is remarkable that the Patriots are able, with that limited production, able to do what they did uh, today. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Gunner because. He had himself a day. He broke one last week, taken back by the penalty. Had the touchdown. Had the play. Had the uh, had the, had another great punt return that got him into scoring position. And then when Stidham comes in, and by the way, I love the fact that they let Stidham throw a little bit there. Some people might be like, "Why yeah. is he still throwing?" But if he's not going to get any game reps at all, what's the point of bringing him in to to hand the ball off? You 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 know you, you got to get him some action in there. And obviously, he acquitted himself well in very limited action. But Gunner runs a good route breaks free there on the crosser scores a 38 yard touchdown in that desperate search for a spark or weapons or something anywhere i go back to gunner here because this is a guy that you and several other people were gushing over in camp as looking not just like oh cute little gunner maybe he can come in there and have but actually like an explosive playmaker who people were wondering like could this could this be a thing? Um, and now, you know, seeing him get in there and get more involved in the stuff he's been able to do the past couple of weeks, are you thinking it's possible that he might find a way to kind of get in with this offense and start to make plays like this? It's possible. You know, I think the surprising thing about Gunner and even going back to camp and watching it then was that he's actually a better vertical receiver and a vertical route runner than he is that shifty you know Danny Amendola Julian Edelman slot type right with all the option routes and the things underneath the defense and you know kind of reading out leverage and breaking off of it he's 
not necessarily that type of receiver. He's definitely better, and he actually was in camp, better playing outside than he was playing inside. And you saw the touchdown that he caught was a vertical seam route. You know, it was a Patriots fake bubble screen concept where they fake the screen out into the flat. Gunner kind of just holds there just long enough to sell the block, and then he releases up the seam. And you saw a little bit of explosiveness, a little bit of kind of ability to run away from the defense after he caught the ball. So I think that that's the things that we've seen routinely is more fat of like a straight line speed explosiveness type of guy rather than somebody who's ultra shifty and can be that quick slot receiver that we're so used to seeing in new England. So he's a little bit different than I would say, you know, like a Wes Welker or an Amendola or someone like that. And definitely a little bit more like a vertical route runner. And and I don't want to make comparisons to any like great Patriots because, you know, it's just one game, but you know, it's just a different sort of kind of, person i would say than that typical you know inside slot pesky little guy that you're used to seeing from the patriots it's much more of a vertical route runner whether he's inside or outside this segment's powered by betonline.ag our exclusive online wagering partners nfl football continues on and while you might not be at a game this year you can still be in on the action at betonline no matter how the schedules change or which players play or don't play betonline's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always way more options to wager at Bet Online than anywhere else online. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests. Use the code CLNS50. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I do want to bring the conversation back to Cam Newton. It's easy to overlook the stats because it was what all that was needed in this game. Um, he wasn't asked to do much. He didn't need to do much. They established the tone with the run, running the ball. Uh, they did, as you said, McDaniels had a great game script to start the, start things out. Uh, they were able to establish the run, run it effectively. Newton was a battering ram when he needed to be. Scored a couple of touchdowns, which he's been doing all year. The passing again, 12 of 1969 yards. However, I will say a couple of things that stood out to me uh, and tell me, you know, what else you saw here. Sure, he had a low throw or two, but he picked up pressure a little bit better than I think he has in weeks past, getting the ball out quicker, recognizing that it was coming and making the right read. I do think that there was uh, uh, the, 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 the mentality of see what you see, what you got, take it. And if not go, um, which we've been saying is what really what they should be doing yeah. with Cam here. So it seemed like this really, really played uh, to his strengths this week. The question I'll ask the follow up will be, is it enough? Because right. <laughs> so but first off, just your thoughts on his performance. Well, I thought that they actually put more on his plate than what actually would appear because of the lack of passing and the lack right. of production in the passing game. So what they were doing is they have now kind of gotten to the point where they're kind of allowing Cam to read the box before the snap. And he's going to move the blockers depending on where they're kind of aligning, whether they're aligning to the strength of the formation or they're aligning heavy towards the weak side of the formation. You know, just little things that you heard on the broadcast that the mics were picking up where they he said, you know, okay, you know, when he calls out things that have sort of a 
a name to it, right? And I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but he's moving the fullback. He's moving the the he run. Out of a couple of plays, right? Yeah, he's moving the direction of the run is what's oh. what is happening. You know, the run's supposed to hit left, but the defense has you out leveraged to the left, so we're going to make the run hit right, right? Yep. Little things like that. He had one with Harris for a 10-yard pickup there. Yeah, he had a couple of those. Right, and then you also have to remember what he's doing after the snap and as a part of the running game as well with the reads, you know, the read option type of plays or the speed option type of plays, him being able to read the end and and make the right decision off of those. He had a really good one that he kept himself for that 14-yarder where he really got Bosa to cheat in upstairs, you know, inside and was able to run it out the backside and, you know, things like that. So – even though it's not the passing game, right? And it's not like we're putting as much on him in the passing game as, as maybe you have seen in the past from a Brady or somebody like that. The amount of information that he is processing in the running game, both before and after the snap, is, is significant. You know, it's something that does deserve kind of cr- – credit and something that we should be talking about is that this team would not run the football this effectively if what number one wasn't under center if cam newton wasn't there and this is why every single time jared stidham's name comes up that was a great throw by jared stidham to gunner no doubt about it that's a nice throw right but the problem is is that you lose the entire cam newton running game aspect of your offense and what's going to be easier to hang your hat on your running game or stidham coming in and being able to throw the football i'm not sure that you can really say that Stidham's consistent enough as a thrower to outweigh what you're getting from Cam as a runner. And that's definitely what we saw here today was a lot on Cam's plate as a runner, both before and after the snap and his ability to get the offense into the right play. Well, that's the thing. And and you could make a different argument. And that's, I think this is ultimately what it boils down to with the Patriots is this team, because of its weapons and its limitations and the way that it's constructed right now, suits Cam Newton's skill set better because of the because of the running option. If the Patriots had, you know, uh, three, four, you know, tier one receivers right now out there and Cam's just not able to get them the ball, you might say, OK, maybe we need more of a thrower in there. But right. because they don't have that, I, I, I agree. I don't know what you game gain with Stidham. I think the Stidham conversation keeps coming back to just curiosity. Everything about him has been based on what people have said, uh, whether or not, and for a while it was, they really liked the kid. And then it became, they really don't like the kid. And what you've seen in very limited action with him is uh, something that just, you can't judge based off of the limited snaps that he's been able to play. So I think that's really what it comes down to is you wonder if the unknown is better than the known. And that's that's where that conversation is going to keep coming in. I don't think Newton silenced any critics necessarily, but I do think that um, – I, I think it's frustrating. I think the heat's going to come off it some because – It should. I think the, the, the frustrating thing is, is that the running game is not sexy. It's just not sexy. It's not what people want to see. It doesn't put up fantasy points for Cam. The first part, the first part of this game was actually fun watching yeah. that offense, especially right. since Daniels kind of dialed up some more interesting stuff. I thought, uh, but anyway, you're right. It isn't the sexiest thing in the world to just hand the ball off, you know. You know, five yards in a cloud right, right. or whatever. Right? It's not. It's not the same excitement, and I think a lot of ways. It, not to trash on fantasy football here. This is the fantasy football effect of how we watch the game. Is that everybody? Everything is so much about the passing game in fantasy. I mean, yes and no. Quarterback, all the good running backs are the guys that catch the ball out of the backfield. You know, it is to a degree, though, Evan. The analytics clearly now favor passing teams yeah. over running teams. If, if you can't, if you run it this 
well, though, then they don't, right? That's the difference. Yes, but the path to success for most teams is through the air, not the ground, in terms of you look at the teams who are the most successful teams. So that's what you aspire to be. You just may not be that. And that's the reality Patriots fans, I think, struggle with, is you want to be something that may not be possible with with this group. Right. And that's just, you know, basically what we're seeing is that the Patriots are not only playing to their strengths offensively, but they're also realizing that there is a formula for them to win games like this. Right. They they, they just blew out a Chargers team who on paper, a lot of people felt was more talented than they were. And that was clearly not the case here today. But, you know, I, I think that that's what you can continue to see moving forward is that can they do enough? scheming up and just physically dominating the opponent because at the end of the day the running game is just about physically dominating the guy across from you is can your line and your tight ends and your fullbacks just uh will the the opposition the defense just move those guys off the ball that's what they were able to do at key times in this game and and in their you know good moments offensively but i think ultimately we're going to still hear a lot of the criticism about cam newton as a thrower because even still some of the passes that he did complete, it wasn't perfect. You know, there's some situations there that the missed deep ball to Demir Bird, he got behind the defense. Now, is it Cam's fault that there was pressure there and he had to sidestep it and kind of step up in the pocket and that definitely delayed the process a lot? No, it's not Cam's fault that he had to do that, but nobody else is going to realize that, right? Everybody else is just going to see him underthrow Demir Bird and say that as the quarterback underthrew the football. He did underthrow the football, but it was more about timing than anything else, right? So I think ultimately they're going to make you kind of be one dimensional. Good defense is going to force you to to throw the football like Houston did. They're not a great defense, but they were able to do that a few weeks ago. Can the Patriots get enough of their passing game to be able to open this up? Or is Josh McDaniels just going to go out there and scheme it up so well in the running game that it's not going to make a difference? So I'm really interested to see next week against the Rams who have a great, great defense. One of the best defenses in football, how they're able, to now okay we've seen a lot of these things the Patriots did in their opening script on tape you know the wildcat stuff and then the different option plays that they ran today how do defenses then adjust and and can they shut it down or are the Patriots just too multiple on the ground to be able to be shut down because they have a great offensive line they have a great back they have a running quarterback so they can run you inside they can run you outside they can use the quarterback as a running threat they cannot use the quarterback as a running threat and just go under center and just bowl you over like bowling pins they can do it all they can do it all from a running game perspective and it's a lot more to think about for the defense and people give it credit for just because they're not watching guys streak down the field and catch bombs all day from cam. Yeah. And again, it's just, it's just not going to happen. As for Stidham, we talked about it. Um, He two of three, 61 passing yard. Newton finished with 69, had that passing TD. Actually the, the incomplete was, uh, you know, you could say a slight underthrow, or I don't know if Harry needed to cut that route off a little bit sooner, uh, but we don't want to nitpick here because after all, Nikhil Harry, did something, Evan. He did something. Okay. Rejoice. Everyone rejoice. He did look and not to overreact. And this isn't meant to be entirely tongue in cheek. We have literally been saying this now for weeks. Okay. The, the Nikhil Harry, everyone wants to exist. Doesn't exist. That's not who he is. He may never be that, but what 
if anything useful can you get out of him? And one of those things is to use his big body to maybe shield off, shield off some defenders, make some contested catches, potentially be a red zone threat. And a la like a tight end, you know, like a right. Gronk sort of thing in the end zone. Not that he's, we're not comparing the two, but that's what he did on his touchdown. He went in, he sealed, boxed out, made space, made a good catch. Terrific. Great. Right. That's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, you know, the Patriots offense right now is 25th in the league in red zone scoring. And they've been able to punch it in the red zone a lot with those cam design runs, the, the QB sweeps and stuff yeah. like that. And that's how they've really focused inside the five. There's a second down play, the play before Nikhil's touchdown. I was like, this is where you would love to have like a back shoulder or, or some sort of fade to Nikhil Harry or something that uses his contested catch ability, anything to be able to, to make this red zone offense a little bit better to be able to, you know, add something to that red zone passing attack. So it's not just cam running the football all the time down in by the goal line. And so I said to myself, you know, man, they, they would, it would really behoove them to be able to dial up a back shoulder ball here to Harry. Now they decided to run a little stick route. He uses his size to box the guy out, guys, good hands and kind of just, uses his you know kind of girth to get in that way and make that play now that's definitely something that the patriots need out of this offense because they can't always just be you know something like you know a cam design quarterback run from the 10 to get it into the end zone they need to be able to do something else and maybe that is where harry can carve out his role you know he's not developing the way that you want him to he's not playing the way that you want him to between the 20s but certainly maybe he can be that guy that down by the red zone, they're just able to let him play basketball, you know, just box somebody out and go up there and catch a ball or box somebody out and, and go fight off a defender like he did today. That's definitely an element of this game that they could really use. Yep. Uh, another thing I want to uh, mention just from, it, it ties in, but you know, you're talking about first round picks from whom you would like to see more of Sony Michelle also uh, in his first game back since week three actually looked good. He had some burst and very limited action. It was still the Damian Harris uh, show there in the, uh, in the backfield, but certainly, uh, certainly Sony uh, acquitted himself well in, uh, in limited action. He ran hard. I thought he ran with purpose. He looked fully healthy uh, to me. So that's, that's not a bad thing. If you're going to keep relying on this, uh, bully ball sort of offense. I do want to tell uh, folks at home, we are going to start taking some questions. If you want to throw some in here, anything about this game uh, moving forward, Evan, other observations uh, before we turn it to questions here, just about uh, just about today's win. Well, I, I ultimately, I just want to harp on the defensive line, right? You know, I think that this defensive line has really taken a step forward over the last, I would say, month or so. They were getting absolutely gashed by the run earlier on in the season. They couldn't get to the quarterback. You know, they were getting to the quarterback, but they weren't sacking the quarterback or actually right. you know, applying pressure that mattered, right? It was a lot of, you know, close but no cigar, hurrying the quarterback, but not actually, you know, kind of getting after the quarterback or, or making him uncomfortable in the pocket. Now, all of a sudden, they're able to unlock this pass rush. A big part of it, obviously, is Adam Butler's health and improved health and, and you know bigger playing time because of that. That is definitely where this defense needed to kind of turn it around to hit that next, that next phase. And then, obviously, 
you know, Josh Uche, uh, Chase Winovich, uh, those two guys from the last two drafts from Michigan, just, just looking like great players. I mean, Uche, his first step explosiveness might even be better than Winovich's. Right. Winovich has a really good first step, uh, you know, kind of get off, if you will, as well. And now he's kind of taking it in Uche and him on either bookend sides and pass rushing uh, situations. I mean, that's tough to stop for tackles. That's a lot of speed and a lot of explosiveness and get off on those edges. And then you can start really getting into those stunt schemes that they were running and stuff like that and getting them free with picks and, and things like that on the inside. There's a lot to worry about when you all of a sudden, when you start to calculate Winovich and Uche and Adam Butler, that trio was really, really strong in this game. And then last week we obviously saw it more against the run and their ability to stop the run a little bit more. So if you watch Patriots games now versus earlier on in the season, getting to the quarterback is obviously a big turnaround for them, but also keeping that second level of the defense clean by eating up blocks on the line of scrimmage by the guys up front. That's been a huge part of their turnaround as well as a run defense. So you watch a Jawan Ben, you watch a Therese Hall, you watch Kyle Duggar. Those guys aren't getting blocked anymore. They're not getting reached at the second level. Adrian Phillips, another good example, because that defensive line is able to hold up those blockers and not allow them to move back, you know, get blown off the ball backwards. They're able to hold everything up and be able to let those guys run and chase and tackle and make plays at the second level of the defense. So everything defensively has really come together by that defensive line turning things around. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say, and again, I think the defensive line is the story here because that's been such a problem uh, all year long, both in terms of the pass rush and being able to be stout against the run when they needed to. Again, yeah. as we said at the top of the show, it allows the rest of the defense, everything else to flow and, and, and everyone else to be able to perform uh, at their level. And again, you saw it all come uh, together today. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the offensive line, uh, uh, not just opening holes in the run game, but also keeping Bosa away from, uh, uh, from Cam. Uh, and again, there wasn't a ton of drop back opportunities there, but it, it's something Belichick always does. He's going to neutralize that devastating pass rusher on the other side of the ball. And uh, we're, he was able to keep uh, Bosa completely out of, uh, out of the backfield all game long. So the Patriots really did a good job there. Uh, let's look for some questions here. Uh, we talked about it a little bit, but uh, why don't they target Harry Moore? Uh, you can't cash in on contested catches if he's not targeted. And we've talked about this is um, I think there is some reluctance with cam to throw to covered receivers. I know it, the Patriots as a philosophy don't like to do it, but is that really all it comes down to here? Or is there a trust issue as well, Evan? Well, I also think that if you're only throwing the ball 18 times last week and 19 times the week before, this week, you know, there's the not idea, a volume opportunity. Right? Yeah, the idea of the Patriots offense is to spread the ball around and throw to the open guy. You're not just going right. to target if you have not, only throw the ball 19 times, you're not going to throw it 10 times to one guy unless he's open all game, you know, like Jacoby Myers was against the Jets or something like that. So a lot of it's just amount of opportunity and volume, you know, in, in the passing game. But I think that what we talked about earlier with Nikhil Harry is really the key if he can develop into some sort of a, of a red zone threat even if he can't get open in between the 20s because of his route running or his lack of explosiveness that doesn't mean he can't be a big target down by the goal line and in the, in the red area maybe that's where they can actually you know they kind of figured out a way to use him as a blocker where he's been pretty effective right. maybe the next sort of iteration of his game is all right he's basically a tight end we're going to use him as a blocker in the open field and we, once we, we get inside the 20 we're going to throw him the fades and the you know kind of box outs and that type of stuff yeah again i just i, I f- 
he spent so much time on footwork in the offseason. You just like to see it paying off a little bit more here. Yeah, uh, I think Michael Irvin gave him some pretty good advice, quite frankly, this this off uh, this past week. Michael Irvin went on Fox and he, or I think it was Fox or ESPN or something yeah. like that, and he said, "What Nikhil Harry's problem is is that he's trying to be something that he's not. He's right. trying to run around defenders instead of running through defenders." I think that was a really interesting point by Irvin. Is that you know this is a guy that gets that's more the type of receiver Irvin was. He would just bully right. his way down the field maybe yeah. he got too caught up in the footwork king stuff you know maybe the, the releases off the line of scrimmage and we all love that kind of stuff and that's like the nerdy part of playing wide receiver but at the end of the day maybe he should just be the type of guy that just plays bully ball even as a wide receiver as long as he's not getting penalties for it, it it could be something a little bit better than what he's done so far at least staying with receivers edelman trying to work his way back if he does what does he give here uh well, well I- what can we get? Yeah. I, I feel like Edelman gives what he was giving before he got hurt. And that is sort of like a, a key passing target. Right. You know, you can kind of put him in, in third down situations, yeah. uh, hurry up situations. Uh, if you're down in the game, you have to throw your way back in the game. You know, when they get into that 21 personnel or even they were they were pretty heavy 11 today when they get into those run formations. Yeah, maybe he's not the one that's going to be out there as much. But when you get into those third and sixes and you have to have it, he can still obviously create separation and get open. So I think that that's where he kind of fills in the, the role that I would look for is uh, really what Danny Amendola did when he was here, which was like about 60% of the snaps, you know, he's coming in in red zone, third down, fourth quarter situations in the close games when they had to throw and just being kind of that option in the passing game to give them a little bit of boost. I think that that's what Edelman can do because he's, he's a feisty blocker. He's always been a really good blocker, but at this stage of his career, maybe not, uh, you know, the best usage of him. I think the best usage of him is sort of as like a super passing game. sub. Okay, uh, we were talked about him a little bit earlier, but uh, we have uh, Gerson Matter here on Twitter asking if if Winovich is turning into a good into a like an all around good linebacker. And again, we've talked about whether he was more of a situational guy. He spent time in Bill Belichick's doghouse, seemingly yeah. by uh, just not basically not playing at all for a couple of games. In his first game, where he did see uh, significant snaps after. That, that, that little two-game two spell where he kind of disappeared, he made an immediate impact. And since um, I really think that, you know, he and Uche and, uh, have really kind of been uh, integral to, to, to sparking this, this turnaround with the Patriots defense here. But what do you see of him as, a, as, as being an every-down guy? Well, I just want to say that interception that he had was a terrific play. I mean, yeah. just a terrific play. And they actually beat him. The Cardinals did a kind of throwback. I, it's definitely a play that he saw last week, and he got he was just a step late to it last week. And this week, he was not late to it. You know, he kind of recognized it from the week prior and was able to be there in the right spot. But to have that sort of patience and awareness to know the throwback might be coming and not just to scream down the line after the quarterback to try to pressure Herbert and know that you have a backside responsibility is a really heads up football play and one that I know Bill Belichick uh, was probably clapping his hands like we see Bill do sometimes on on the sideline saying you know that's what I'm talking about that's situational awareness that's that's reading a play and understanding a concept and understanding what the offense is giving you and showing you and reacting to it whereas I think sometimes with Winovich he can be a little bit like you know just pin my ears back and just get after it and he sort of gets a little bit undisciplined at times it gets you know out of his rush lane or he goes up the field a little bit too much 
much and it allows the quarterback to escape in some sort of way. And now we're, we're, we're seeing him kind of take that next step of maturation of being that same player that makes him great, which is pinning his ears back, but also understanding when not to do that and when the situation calls for something different. And that's sort of what's turned him in, I think, to an all-around all Ed Rusher, I mean, the inside linebacker stuff was really just a Baltimore week type of thing. We haven't really seen a ton of that these last couple of weeks since the Ravens game. But in terms of playing on the end of the line, just knowing what the play is, what the play call is, what your responsibilities are, what the offensive scheme is, and being able to read it out post-snap and not always kind of just screaming off the ball, I think that that's a really good uh, sign for Chase Winovich. Uh, here's a question here from Corey. Um can uh, the Patriots win if Cam passes under 100 yards against the Rams? And again, this is two straight weeks here, and it works. However, the Rams they have a, they have a good all around defense. They're they're particularly stout against the run, um, and that you know, and obviously they have great cornerbacks. So it is interesting here because the cornerbacks are almost neutralized against a team like the Patriots because you know they don't really have outside threats for these guys to have to lock down. This is how the Patriots would always, when they would go against Revis with New York, uh, they just put some, you know, you know, hump out there and just let Revis chase them around all game where they have no intention of throwing to them anyway. So, uh, but I, I, this is going to be a tough one to just run it down their throat. It's a really stout defense. Uh, I think we need more from Cam next week if the Patriots are going to win that game. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of defensive performance you get from New England, right? If sure. it's anything like the Super Bowl did a couple of years ago, then you probably don't need to throw the ball a whole lot more. But And again, Goff might still be seeing those ghosts, okay? Because yeah. that, was, that was not a pleasant experience for him. Right. Right, correct. And and this is, I think, will have a, be a very big kind of juiced up game for Jared Goff and Sean McVay. And you kind of worry not to get too much into the Rams, but if you're if you're a Rams fan, I would worry about them being too juiced up. You know, how do they get a little bit too much in their heads about their revenge from the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff? But in terms of the passing game, and do they need more? They certainly need more than 69 yards out of their passing game in a lot of ways. But I think that ultimately, but I want to see cam is to hit the throws when the throws are open even if they only throw the ball 18 or 20 times a game when he's got an open receiver he needs to be able to hit it and i think two more times not in the last couple of weeks we've seen him not be able to hit jacoby myers coming across the field or a ball is a little bit late or a little bit off to a running back or the ball is a little bit late to demir bird on the deep ball those are the sort of the opportunities and it's it's a very small sort of uh margin for error because he's only throwing the ball 18 times so you know three or four misses out of 18 throws that can be the difference between 69 yards and 160 and that that's a big difference you know that, that that's a substantial talking point and, and i think that that's ultimately they need to understand, can they run the football this effectively against everyone? Or is, are we going to get into a Houston situation where teams are just going to put nine guys in the box and they not, and they're not able to run the football. I thought Josh McDaniels today kind of reacted to that nicely knowing, okay, we're going to get eight or nine in the box. So if we're going to run the football, then we got to do something schematically to be able to take a back the numbers advantage or be able to kind of throw the defense off a little bit and not just have them key on the fullback, which is what they were doing a lot out of those 21 personnel formations is that every single time they had Jakob Johnson in the game, they were just keying on Jakob Johnson, wherever he goes, we know the ball is going right behind him. So they were able to kind of stop the Patriots right 
running game that way. Well, today they use different alignments for Jakob Johnson. They moved him inside. They moved him outside. They moved him around the formation a little bit more, and they were able to kind of confuse the Chargers defense. So I, ultimately, I, I think that the answer to the question is yes. They need to throw the ball more effectively than they have. But I also don't want to get too caught up in throwing statistics and passing yards and and throwing and passing attempts and stuff like that to not to get away from the fact that they are at their core a run first team and that can be okay as long as they get the supplemental stuff from the defense and the special teams yeah and i mentioned uh the cornerbacks obviously peter's no longer there but ramsey there um the overall guy too he'll come down and play the run just he he absolutely will and and just again across the board the numbers on this defense and it's just numbers and these aren't these are just basic numbers but in terms of their top five scoring defense yards per game uh, uh yards yards allowed uh rushing yards allowed receiving so it's a really complete defense it's going to be a challenge this feels like it could be a 17 14 sort of game here if the right. Patriots are going to be able to but this is going to be kind of kind of a kind of a rock fight here um a lot of love on the chat right now for adrian phillips who's uh, and not just today but i think throughout um as, a, as an unsung hero of this defense he's been a terrific addition your thoughts on him really smart player you know it's tough to play in the box at his size and he does it with intelligence and with speed you know he plays to his strengths he knows he's not 250 pounds so he's not going to be able to take on offensive linemen and and, you know stand guys up and and meet blockers in the hole so he gets there soon he gets there quicker or he keeps himself back you know away from the trash so he can kind of just run and and scrape at the second level or uh, I think one of the biggest things that you're seeing out of him and I'm, I'm sure I could show this better like you know what the coach's film is his ability to handle linebacker assignments and coverage so that they don't have to put a guy like a Jawan Bentley or a Therese Hall in coverage against a running back out of the backfield or in a deep hole zone in cover two or or, kind of, you know, different types of things, uh, a deep hook that you have to take an over route or something like that. They're allowed to kind of, they're able to play better pass coverage in the back end because a guy like Adrian Phillips has that safety mentality and coverage that he can cover a whole lot of space. So I think that that's a big thing for them defensively is that Phillips, as long as he can hold up against the run and they can keep him clean at the second level so that he can just run and chase and beat guys to spots and things like that, he'll survive there in the box. And then he's able to do a lot of things in coverage wise that maybe your traditional linebacker wouldn't be able to do. One thing I do want to point out, there's been a ton of action in the chat, and we appreciate all of you guys here joining in. Um, but it, it is interesting. A couple of weeks ago, uh, when the Patriots won a game, it was, uh, why are they winning? You know, this this is a waste. And then it, last week, there was still some. I, I've been following the chat here. I have not seen any of that right now. I don't know whether people are upset now that the Patriots are still winning or starting to get invested into a potential run at making the playoffs. Even if they don't get there, I think it would be an amazing accomplishment for this team, given everything that they've uh, endured, uh, just in terms of player losses, the losses to COVID, that COVID situation there where Cam Newton missed a game and then uh, you know, they had to play, uh, you know, the, 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 the KC game got pushed, uh, and they had to play that one without him instead of being postponed. Uh, and here they are at six and six with a, I'm not going to say realistic chance of running the table, but nobody would be stunned if this team finished 10 and six right now. And if you look um, at that Dolphins schedule, they play Kansas city, the Patriots, 
they have some tough games on that schedule remaining. And, and if the Patriots can beat Miami head to head in a couple of weeks, I know we have the Rams first. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if they can win these next two games back to back and beat Miami and have the tiebreaker over the dolphins. And this is a very realistic playoff pad. Now, like you said earlier, they, they could have used some help from the jets uh, today from beating uh, the Raiders and they could have used some help from Houston beating Indianapolis. If those games go differently for the Patriots, then we're really talking, right? That then we're really they're a game back of three teams there and there's a shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so then there's really a shot, but I, I don't want to. And the Raiders, a team who you beat, you know, so you have that, you have that tie break situation there. Right. I don't want to suck up to Bill Belichick too much. I know he's, I'm not on his payroll. I'm not taking any, uh, any handouts from Bill to talk good about him, but my God, I, I just, they're six and six. This team right now, that all that they have been through, all that they lost in the off season, the fact that they are a 500 football team this late into the year, I just, I would, I can't even imagine what their record would be if Bill Belichick wasn't the head coach of the Patriots. I mean, just looking at the talent on this roster, looking at what they've gone through as a team with the COVID stuff, with the losses in the offseason. I mean, how many teams lose Tom Brady, the pieces that they lost on the defense, then have a mini COVID outbreak in their team during the season and end up nine and seven, 10 and six? I mean, yeah. very, not many at all. So I think that we need to finally. I've heard a lot of criticism of Bill Belichick uh, in the coaching staff, whether it's build a GM or build a coach or whatever. I think we can finally put all that to bed and just say that this guy is coaching his butt off like usual. And this team would be nowhere near where they're at right now. If it wasn't for Bill Belichick, you always know when Bill, um, you know, having covered this team now for 20 years, Evan, you always know when Bill knows he doesn't have the unit on how he talks about them. Okay. Yeah. When he's effusive in praise, over complimentary, these guys played hard. They're doing their best. They're, they, he knows I, we don't have a ton of talent in that room, and they are trying. And he's, I, I, I was peeking into the post game uh, uh, comments from from uh, from uh, from this game. Same thing. I'm so proud and this and that. So this is an amazing uh, accomplishment. And again, I, you uh, you know me. I'm not gonna. I, and the same thing. Neither of us are on the payroll. I'm not yeah. afraid to be. I'm not afraid to be critical. Um, and we've we've certainly called out some build the GM questions about, you know, some 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 personnel issues that have cropped up because they haven't hit on a few draft picks. But if you enter any game, you enter a game like this, which had such a lopsided coaching matchup in non-COVID times, odds makers give you three points for home field. What do you think Bill Belichick is worth? over anthony lynn i would say two touchdowns you know yeah, bill's where bill i think bill was worth six wins just walking into the building every bill is worth 14 points which is to say if these two teams played and you switched coaches and gave them two weeks to prepare for one another it, it would be a 30 point difference in the other direction it yeah. is ridiculous what an edge it is over and there's plenty of people out there who are good enough coaches and with superior personnel that bill can't just pull it out of a hat but there's enough coaches out there where bill can just walk through the door flip the hoodie on be bill belichick and just figure out how to beat that team because he's that far ahead of them and i really do think that it there's probably some things that when I break this game down that I'll find out that they did schematically that was super creative or super good or, or, or something different or something, you know, unique, but ultimately it's fundamentals, right? It's ultimately fundamentals that the, 
Chargers offensive line couldn't pick up a stunt all game long. The Patriots never have those types of problems. Maybe once or twice in a game, but as soon as it happens once, they go over to the sideline, the O-line coaches take them aside, and they figure it out, right? And it's usually not a problem the rest of the game. The Patriots, they'll get gashed early on something defensively, outside runs or some sort of passing play or some sort of area the defense gets exposed. The rest of the game, not an issue. Then Bill has special teams all shirt up, obviously, right? And it has that part of the phase of the game all shirt up. So it's not necessarily about them doing something super exotic or super com- you know, amazing or unique schematically. It's about the fundamentals of the game that they're just so much crisper on than any other team because they work at it. You know, we watch them uh, every day at training camp and then we watch like you know the first 10 minutes of practice and you see them drilling these types of things they send these situational football other teams don't do it free agents come here from other places and they're like oh we never practiced that before like it's nothing it's it's something they don't even talk about and then a situation comes up in a game and they're not prepared for it and the patriots are like oh yeah we do that for 15 minutes at the end of every single practice it is a completely different environment Right. And then, you know, I think the best part is that you see the first, uh, you know, oftentimes the first period of practice is, is positional drills and they'll send the, the ball handlers, the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends to go do ball security drills. And Bill will stand there and the coaches will stand there and they'll whack them with stuff or they'll throw things at them or they'll get the hose out and start spraying the balls down and stuff like that. That stuff doesn't happen in other places. I'm telling you, it doesn't happen. You know, down in Miami, they were doing that stuff in training camp and I had friends that are Dolphins beat writers texting me like, what's up with the hose? You know, what is it? What is Brian Flores doing? And I was like, oh, no, that's Bill. You know, that's what they do here. They work on the little things. They work on the situational stuff. And that's the difference is you can have Joey Bosa and Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry and Justin Herbert and have all these flashy names and great players. And we could do a Madden simulation and the Chargers might win this game in the Madden simulation because they have a better roster composition or something like that based on some formula. But at the end of the day, those little things matter. They they add up. And, And Belichick's team we can get into all the minutia of all the schematics and all that kind of stuff and all the game planning and the hoodie genius and stuff like that. But the fundamentals and the situational stuff, that's what sets them apart year in and year out. And that's such a big difference between this Chargers team and the Patriots. Like I said, just doing simple little things that they should have been practicing since day one. And they, and they just can't get it right. Whereas the Patriots at this stage in December, they get it right all the time. Okay. Uh, the uh, Julian here uh, says that he uh, uh, wants wants to know from you, Evan, if uh, you think they're still a playoff contender. So let's just say not only do they make it, and he says he loves the vids in the channel. Julian, thank you. Actually, for everybody out there, if you haven't already, please subscribe. You'll get all of Evan Lazar's um, uh, game videos, previews throughout the week, and anytime we pop up live uh, for post game shows or Patriots Beat podcast, which Evan Lazar is a host of, you will get a notification. So uh, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, go ahead and subscribe right away, um, so we can keep bringing you this content. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the way we have been. But let's just say they do get in there, Evan. What can happen? And again, what is interesting is Pittsburgh's one of the Pittsburgh's the worst eleven and zero team I've ever seen. That, not that they're a bad team. But they're not by any means a great team. And that's the cream of the crop. And then they went toe-to-toe with Kansas City uh, with no quarterback. With quarterbacks playing with zero preparation in a game that probably shouldn't have been played. So you've seen the best. And, I mean, you know what they can do. I don't – I think – 
I think playoffs, if they were to get in, is matchup specific. There's certain teams that would give them uh, some problems, and there's certain teams they match up well with um, that they could play. But right now, you're looking at Miami in, Buffalo in, KC in, uh, uh, Pittsburgh in. Which of these teams do you think the Patriots take the field lineup against and say, oh my God, they have no chance? Really, none of them. Really, yeah. none. Pittsburgh against Baltimore with RG3 had to have known the read option plays were coming all game long and they still couldn't stop them. You know, they've yeah. had trouble stopping uh, read option, design quarterback run types of schemes all season long. So if you're Pittsburgh, you don't want to see Cam Newton. You don't want to see this Patriots running game because that's the one sort of weakness of their defense that you can take advantage of. And then similarly on the other side of the ball, they match up great against any wide receiving core. I will put this secondary up against any passing attack in the league, whether it's Kansas City or Pittsburgh or uh, this one in, in the Chargers have had a great year so far yeah. and they were able to shut everybody down so i i, I don't know I, I think that ultimately the the sort of the, the old sort of saying is that nobody wants to play the patriots right nobody is going to want to see the patriots in the playoffs i actually think that that's really going to hold true especially if the patriots get into some bad weather gets situations and you know yet now it gets colder and it gets snowier and even other parts you know they go to pittsburgh and we got a snow game on our hands that heavily favors the patriots you know or kansas city too it gets freezing there also so this secondary can match up against anybody bill can scheme it up with anybody we know that on the defense right and then ultimately it comes down to matchup wise can they get into a matchup where they can run the football effectively can they get into a matchup where the run defense of the opponent is either weak or they can get into a game plan in a game script like we saw maybe not today but more closer to like the cardinals game or what we saw against baltimore where they're really just able to kind of pick their spots with the passing game but ultimately we're, we're that's well down the road but i do think that they have a, a they're looking a lot better than, than people thought maybe even just a month ago. I mean, we were talking about tanking and picking in the top five and going after quarterbacks in the draft, and we still are. We still are. I see it every single day. I see somebody, uh, you know, write something about who's the quarterback in, the, in 2021, right? You know, who's going to be the guy in 2021? Well, the 2020 team is still playing, and, and they're pretty solid. You know, they're not the Patriots of old. They're not the 07 Pats. They're not the 2014 Pats. You know, they're not that great, Right but they're also still very, very good. I think sometimes we get caught up in this kind of minutia uh, of the Patriots because they have been such a dominant team in the past that we forget that most teams would take a 10 and six season all every day, twice on Sundays. And Being six and six for a lot of teams, ask Jets fans if they would like to be six and six right now. That's what's going to kill you again, looking back is if the Patriots do get to say 10 and six or nine and seven, which I think is certainly realistic uh, and possible, you're going to look at Denver, San Francisco, uh, Buffalo, Seattle, all, particularly Seattle and Buffalo, these games yeah. that you had right there for the taking and just yeah. couldn't that that one or two wins are the ones that again those were the Tom Brady wins the wins that you in close games late the Patriots would find whatever they needed to and they didn't get it um, in these games and that's going to be what's frustrating especially if you see the team playing better and you start to feel better about them. The interesting thing here, Evan, is the reason everyone wanted them to tank is because what you were seeing on the field, you were so fed up with, you didn't want to watch it anymore. But when they start to play better, you start to feel different. And again, you're seeing things that you weren't seeing from this team before. So the general vibe changes. And, and again, it, it, this is a totally different team these past couple of weeks uh, than, than they were the, the, the weeks prior in terms of complete total team wins, which is what they've been able to do. Um, last thoughts here, Evan, before we wrap it up. 
Defense has got to play that way. Special team has got to play that way. And that's what I wrote about a couple of weeks ago with field position and feeding into the offense, knowing where the strength of your team is, right? Offensively, they're not going to be the 07 pads. They're not going to be the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. They're not going to put up 40 a game, right? That's not going to happen. So you need to have the special teams and the defense contribute just as much as the offense to getting into a game script that the offense can handle. So you are playing from ahead. So you aren't reliant on Cam's arm as much. So let's get into that sort of game plan, that sort of game script. I think that this team can be successful. So defense playing out, that was great. The special teams going off, that's not going to happen every single week. I said that last week, though, and then they got another big return, you know, two more big returns this week. So maybe it can happen every single week. That's as much about anything contributing to these wins, probably more so than anything to do with the offense and all the cam talk. Yeah. Again, you see it on the screen here, uh, Patriots Press Pass. Just go ahead, subscribe uh, to the channel. Evan Lazar will have his 10 things um, that he learned about this game. We talked about several of them here, but again, uh, you want to read it. It's an extensive, we'll call it a Bible. Yeah, yeah. we're looking at 3,000 words here, but I mean, it's worth it. Read it, clnsmedia.com. Uh, stay with us. We'll have much more stuff tomorrow. Uh, Evan will check out the film uh, and break that down later on in the week as well. We're going to do Patriots Beat Podcast Live on Tuesday, uh, where we'll go over some of the stuff that Evan did learn in his film study. So, again, subscribe to the channel. You'll be alerted uh, when we are going to go live there. We're looking at Tuesday, 1 or 2 o'clock, depending on when the film comes out. I know we are. Yeah. They've, been, they've, been, they've been good about it. They've been good. They've been good. We've been actually there on like three o'clock um, on Monday. Yep. It's been coming out. So that that's great. Thank you, NFL. I that helps. So yeah. again, thank you guys for watching. We're going to wrap it up. Patriots with a monstrous, convincing, complete victory. All three phases of the game, 45-0 over the Chargers. Uh, for Evan Lazar, I'm John Zanis. Thanks for watching.